Hey, beautiful souls. Welcome to the podcast, The Eighth House Moon. This is your host, Samantha, professional healer, poet, and natal Eighth House Moon. If you're interested in all things mystical, spiritual, healing, and transformative, well, this is the place for you. Keep an open mind, an open heart, and let's go forward on this soul-fulfilling journey together. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. Today I'm here with Keith Garcia, also known as Man of Letters on YouTube. Keith does a lot of really cool stuff. He's a musician, works with herbs and plants, creates really insightful videos where he applies ancient esoteric wisdom to the modern day world, and is also an author. Did I miss anything there, Keith? You nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> you do so much, really. So thank you so much for coming on today, Keith. How are you? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Appreciate it. I want to talk a little bit about your YouTube videos to start because I found you through YouTube a long time ago. I think I was going through like some crazy spiritual awakening at the time. And I was trying to understand all these like crazy esoteric teachings. And you were one of the first people who just really broke it down in a way that was simplistic. It was grounded. It made so much sense to me. I was like, this guy is onto something. So can you talk a little bit about what led you to find these esoteric teachings? Uh, me and my old baseball teammate in college were talking about the hollow earth theory. I don't know how the hell, like this was like 2010 when oh, I was shit. playing baseball. At, yeah, I was I was playing baseball for San Francisco. And uh, and me and my homie were just, I don't for whatever reason, we're just all about the hollow earth theory. And we were like looking up how to access it around San Francisco and different stories and came across astral projection and lucid dreaming as a way of traveling i was like what the hell is this so i like astral projection and it was like lucid dreaming and it was aliens and then it was just and then the floodgates opened it's somewhere after that uh the cobalion opened up it from um which is hermetics from you know spirit science the show spirit science the youtube no I've, I've heard a lot about it though people always reference it they're one of the creators did a side project it was like a class on just how to be a master magician and it was a 10-part <laughs> class and all the archetypes that you go through was it was it was awesome i was stoked but step one was read the cabalion and i read it and i was like holy shit and then from there that was i think that was the that was the actual kicker for me mm, do you feel like when you read it it was something that felt like really familiar because i felt like when i opened it i was like oh yeah like i've definitely read this in another lifetime uh, yeah, the, the entire book was just like, it was the first book I'd come across that had every teaching that I'd read. Because up to that point, I was looking up everything, like Old Testament stuff. I was raised Catholic, so I'm familiar with the Bible, but I was reading like pagan stuff, and witchcraft, and all the meditation, and all the all the philosophy, all the alchemy stuff. And then it was just, yeah, I read that and I was like, wow, this is it. Like, I don't really need much more than this as far as nuts and bolts go. Yeah, it feels like it's like these principles that come in and it just makes sense with like everything that's going on in your life. And mm -hmm. it's crazy. It's like you almost like you can apply anything to these principles, right? So tell us, can you tell us a little bit about what these principles are and how they work in the real world? They're not just some crazy metaphysical woo-woo ideas. I'm going to have to give you this super condensed version because <laughs> you just asked for my book right now. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm like, can you tell us your whole book? <laughs> can you start with chapter one? Can you start with chapter one? No, but tell Please. us a little bit about... Let me get some tea. 
<laughs> get some socks. Hold on, my feet are cold. Let me get some socks. <laughs> We're going to settle in for a long, long episode. <laughs> but maybe tell us like a couple of the principles or maybe. All right, I'll, I'll, I'll give you all seven real quick and then I'll give you a super quick. And if you want me to go deeper into any of them, just stop me. All right. um, there's seven. And the first one is mentality that says all is mind and that mind is origin of everything. Two is uh, correspondence, which every know, everyone knows as as above, so below. Um, like a uh, holographic universe. The third is vibration, which most people know too. Everything that exists moves. Nothing is at rest. Uh, that movement creates a frequency and et cetera, et cetera. Uh, after vibration is, we have the law of rhythm. Oh, no, I'm sorry. The law of polarity, which says that everything that exists has an opposite. And opposites are the same exact thing but to varying degree. So hot and cold, same thing. Um, it's just hot is at one end of the spectrum and cold is at the other end of the spectrum. Um, same with love and hate and fear and courage. They're all the same thing. And the alchemist sort of uses his willpower, his or her willpower, to polarize their mind at a certain degree of the pole. And that's how they overcome the next law of hermetics which is the law of rhythm that states now that you have two sides of the pole uh life will always swing between the two you can't stop the swing you're always night's always going to go to day you're going to go from happy to sad fear to courage love to hate they're all the pendulum is going to swing back and forth forever you can't stop that you can't stop the swing but you can polarize your mind using your will to one side of the pole so that you don't get carried away with the swing there's a whole bunch of different ways you can do that um, so that's that's polarity, and then that was rhythm following it. After rhythm is the law of cause and effect, which says basically says there's no such thing as chance. Um, chance is just a word for um, someone that doesn't understand that it doesn't see the cause. Um, it's as simple as like you ran a red light, that's why you got hit, or like the butterfly effect. It's all cause and effect stuff. And the well, that's that one's pretty straightforward. But when I wrote the book, I basically one way I could make the most conceptualize that law to towards the most like oh I, that's useful is seeing um a lot of people say that they're products of the past, and they are. But with that mindset, you're like you're associating yourself with the effect. Whereas someone who says, no, the present creates the past, then you're someone who sees yourself as um, the cause. You know, you can be either one, but, you know, which one do you want to be at the time? And are you aware of which one you're choosing to be? Most people are the effect. They're like, I am the way that I am because of my upbringing or because of my parents. And like, that's true. That's all, that's all true. But you, you can be both. You can say, okay, now I want to be the cause of, and like a good way to see that is the boat, like the boat creates the wake as it goes through the ocean you don't look at the wake and be like oh the wake created the boat like no that's ridiculous the boat's going through time and space in the present moment it's creating the wake out from behind it um, and that's a good way to like hold to just hold an idea in your mind so they don't get caught up um that's cause and effect and the last one is gender kind of like polarity but not really uh the law of gender states everything that manifests has a feminine and a masculine quality um not necessarily sex like man and woman that's a sort of 
very profane they call it they call they call sex in the 3d realm like very profane it's like it's like <laughs> the the dirtiest you know representation <laughs> of gender yeah. um but gender is actually means to generate to create which is like what sex does it's the profane way of recreation um and so it's two qualities of energy and in order to create successfully, you want to have a very healthy feminine and a very healthy masculine balance between your your creation so that the product is um, matches that sort of cause and effect type stuff. And that's it. And those are the seven laws. Um, and I'm sure not like everyone's heard of every one of those laws. You know, that, that's the that was the cool thing about this. It wasn't like, oh, my God, I have to study. <laughs> now I got to go deeper into all of these and this author yeah. and these philosophies. It's like, no, these are just the nuts and bolts. And it's sort of, you use your imagination to figure them out. Like I use my imagination to write the book, but I'm sure if someone were to write a book, 10 other people, they would have had 10 other examples of how to use each one of those laws. Cause it's like the sky's the limit, you know? So what was kind of going through your mind when you wrote that book? Were you like, okay, I want people to just get a broader understanding what were you kind of like, what were you trying to do with the book? What was your intention? I, I was trying to learn it. I was trying to learn it. My uh, my botany teacher in college said, okay, for this next test, you guys got to teach your, your partner next to you. You guys are each other's teachers. And he said, the best way to learn material is to teach it. Uh, and the reason why is because in order to teach something, you ha you have to understand it in such a way that you can explain it to a child. And so you're like, so the person says, I don't understand what you're saying. And you go, fuck, I need to, all right, let me, let me, how else can I word this so they can understand what I'm trying to say? And I, it was, I was like a light bulb. I was like, oh my God, that's it. So a couple of years later, I came across hermetics and I was like, I want to learn as much as I can about this. I'm writing a book. And so when I was writing the book, that's what I was, I was really teaching myself as I wrote the book so that I could have a deeper understanding of the, of the information. Interesting. Yeah, I feel like that's so true. I feel like the best thing you can do is like find something that's complex. And if you find a way to make that simplistic, like that's the most profound way to teach anything. So do you kind of like see yourself as a teacher? Like what do you kind of identify with with your YouTube? Because I see you definitely as like teaching, right? You're very much here to sort of teach these principles. Yeah. Yeah, I would say I'm a teacher. I go back and forth. I almost try not to be as official as saying I'm a teacher because um uh, I don't know. I just feel like there's so many people out there who are doing it way better than I am. Or it's just like, uh, I like to say, I just like, I share information and I, I like my, my whole vibe is I want to create, or I have been creating a space where everyone is just on the same level. We're all teaching each other. We're all homies. I just want to create the space for us all to do it in. And I'll I'll share this information so that I could attract people. And if I help them with, with stuff, then, then dope. And, pretty much every video i put out someone's dropping knowledge in the comment section where i'm like noted thanks for that or now i've learned something so it's it's yeah it's a little mm -hmm. bit of everything i guess it's like you wanting to create a community yeah uh-huh and i feel yeah. like too, you're pretty like i feel like you're open with all your subscribers like anyone who like you'll just talk to anyone you'll hang out with <laughs> anyone it's like a cool vibe <laughs> anyone's welcome in that space i do i do i, I like I love having conversations with people is really what it is about anything, anything about rocks, about fucking clouds, plants, philosophy, what they ate for breakfast and why they ate it. I just like talking to people, man. I do. Yeah, you're open in that way. So I find that interesting, too, because in one of your videos recently, you were talking about how when you meet people and approach people, 
spirituality is usually like one of the last things that even comes up for you in conversation. And I just love that because I'm the same way. I'm so like, let's talk about philosophy, anything. Most of the time, people don't even know how spiritual I am. And what do you feel like, what part of yourself do you think is kind of like resonating with that frequency of being just so open to anything? Like, what do you think has allowed you to kind of take your ego out of the spirituality for you? Um, I, I wouldn't give me that much credit. <laughs> My ego is 100% there. I just, I, uh, no, I don't think so. I don't think so. <laughs> it, well, okay, maybe, okay, here, this is, this is what's going on in my head. Um, I like to, like, I can interject spirituality with anything. And so I'll drop some like super Gandalfy shit out of left field that applies to the situation. And they'll be like, what? You know? <laughs> and then I'm like, so how, like, how's your sandwich? You know what I mean? Like, so that's how I'll play. It's not that I, I just won't be like, I am a spiritual YouTuber and I wrote a book on hermetics. It's, it's more like, all right, let me see what this person's all about. And uh, let me see how deep we can get. <laughs> so you kind of feel people out before you're just like delving oh, yeah. to the most intense metaphysical knowledge that you have. <laughs> you're not just like here at all those guys. I know. I know. Because I, I, as much as I do like having conversations with people, um, I like having real good ones, man. And a lot of people who are super heady in the spiritual world, I'm just like, it's like partially I can't keep up. Mm. another part is i don't know what the hell they're talking about like some of these yeah, people yeah. on youtube i'm like yeah what like, <laughs> i'm pretty well read and i have not a clue what homeboy just said <laughs> right uh, no um, some of it gets I, crazy and like i was gonna ask you this too because it's kind of funny but i feel like there's a time period with youtube where people were getting like crazy out there with their topics like the whole ralph smart thing like that was like a whole time period where people were getting really insane with what they were talking about within spirituality and i feel like now people are like reeling it down a little, a little bit, bit. <laughs> right it's coming down a little bit because i think people are like resonating less with like the insanity side of spirituality and wanting more of like a grounded calming perspective like what uh -huh. do you kind of think about that um I, I I think it has a lot to do with everyone. It's just a natural human tendency to want to be ahead of the curb. So now I think what a lot of spiritual YouTubers are doing, myself included, is like, how can I be new, informative, unique, uh, you know? And it's like, all right, well, then I got I, I got to be grounded like that. It's almost like for me, it's like that message is burned out. Like I can only talk about those heady ass things for so fucking long before I'm like, all right, I, I'm either not going to be on YouTube, you know, I'm going to focus on something else where I got to start pumping out new, new content. And I think that's the direction that it's going is, is like, all right, let's chill. Let's reel it in a little bit. Talk about the law of rhythm, right? Everyone's super heady and everyone wants to go super practical. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure a couple of years down the line, everyone's going to want to get super heady again. Mm -hmm. Um, I, th I think that's, that's what's happening for me at least. Yeah, it's like this interesting cycle that always goes down. But I've just noticed lately on YouTube, I'm like not seeing those crazy titles like how to manifest a Ferrari anymore. And I'm like, thank God. <laughs> I'm like, thank God that's done. <laughs> that was like such a specific time period of YouTube. <laughs> so as a content creator, do you feel a lot of pressure to constantly be changing what you're putting out? Like I do feel like there is a lot of pressure within content creation on YouTube because everything changes very quickly. Do you get that pressure? Do you sometimes feel a lot of pressure to change and to evolve in your channel? Yeah, 100%. I feel the pressure all the time. It's um, 
not that it's a bad thing. A little bit of pressure is, is healthy, you know, it keeps it interesting, but it's for sure there. I recorded a video today and it was, it took me an hour to record and I was like, all right, it's like good enough. And when I got home tonight, I was like, I don't like it. I don't like any of it. I'm going to redo it. I'm going to rescript it. You know what I mean? It's always, it's always like, it's always a struggle. What do people want? Cause, um, I want the channel to be successful and I want it to grow and I want to, to make some magical things with the help of the the YouTube community. So it's like, I, I do, there's a lot of people putting out some phenomenal content, like both in their and their presentation and just their like their, their preparation, how prepared they are and like how well they're just, there's a lot of people that slay. So it's, it's not, <laughs> it's not, it's not easy. You know what I mean? To hold people's attention and do it well and do it sincerely and do it authentically and do it in a way that like, you're stoked to do it on a consistent basis. It's quite, it's quite the, you got to learn a lot about yourself, about the world, about people. Like it's, it's definitely, it's not an easy thing to get into. Yeah. Someone made this video once. I thought this was interesting. They said content creation for them was almost like a spiritual experience in itself because he was basically saying that he learned so much about himself and his flaws and what he could work on. And like, it was this whole, like almost spiritual awakening, just doing YouTube and doing content creation. So do you feel like when you went into YouTube, you didn't have like an expectation and it sort of unraveled this like whole experience for you? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And also, cause I literally went in with no expectation. Like now I want to, I want to build and when I first started, I was just like, I want to make content. <laughs> like, yeah. Be homies with my homies and put stuff on YouTube and like do talks on how to be happy and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah. I was there. Yeah. What was your main intention when you first started YouTube? Were you just trying to enlighten people or kind of like uplift the vibrations? Uh, it was it was the same thing. I I did that same thing for my botany class. I was taking another class on happiness the whole semester class was on happiness whoa and <laughs> i know right cool. it was <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> i didn't finish i did i dropped out halfway through this he's like he's like i guess he's not happy anymore <laughs> he lost that's his the, happiness like i think that was the only class i've ever dropped out of <laughs> all of all of university was the how to be happy class <laughs> oh fuck um but that was the first video. I was like, I want to know how to be happy. So I went through the whole book and I wrote down a bunch of bullet points because I was like, I teach it to know it kind of thing. And uh, that was my first video. And I was in Santa Barbara up in Rattlesnake Canyon. And I was just on my rock. And I had this shitty little, <laughs> like, it looked like a phone camcorder. And I put it in my shoe so that it could stand up. And I put it in a nook in the rock in my shoe. And I was just like on, on the boulder doing my talk. Yeah, I feel like your videos have this very, like, carefree sort of vibe to it. Even though, obviously, there's a lot of preparation that goes into content creation, I do feel like there's a part of you that just wants to give off a very, like, carefree and sort of open vibe as well, too. Yeah. And what would you say to people about, like, happiness? That just came to me as a question. Like, how do you kind uh, of find, you know, how do you find that happiness uh, in yourself? Like, I feel like that's a huge, like, how do you even get to that space? Ooh. I know it's a lot. <laughs> I know it changes. It changes. Yeah. <laughs> it changes. Cause there was, there was a, like now I have a family and I have a three-year-old. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it's like, I can't necessarily do all the things that made me happy. Like when I was in Santa Barbara, I was watching the sunset four or five times a week, like out there for hours, not doing shit. I worked probably 10 to 20 hours a week. I didn't have any bill. I just had rent and food and party money. Like that's all I had rent, food, party money. That's it. That was my overhead. 
So like I didn't have to do much. I could sort of skate by. I could wake up and I'm gonna go to the mountains this morning. I would go to lizards or lizards mouth up in the mountains. Yeah, I love lizards mouth. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, go to State Street on a whim and have a beer and a movie. Like it was. It's and now it's like uh, it's a different kind of happiness. Now I now it's like I gotta grind a little more. Mm-hmm. Um, I have more overhead now. I have someone to look after. So now like a like a uh real deep-seated happiness is my son like he, him laughing or learning a new like i was walking down the kitchen and he goes i love you daddy and i was like oh your heart like, <laughs> I was like i love you too he's all i love you too you're welcome and i was like oh my god like all right <laughs> so it's just it man happiness changes it, it's it's like an like you got you got to constantly be be like get what's your minimum like your minimum is you, you need to keep your body moving like you you gotta go to the gym you gotta get out of your house you gotta go to the beach or a mountaintop or a hike like those are things you you cannot skip like people say you can't don't skip leg day like you can't skip leg day you can't fucking skip the outdoors there's like there's youtube and there's tiktok and there's instagram and there's netflix and there's your job and there's your bills and it's just like like your your conscious mind is on rapid fire and and everyone's anxious and they're depressed and nature is like exercise and nature are really easy ways to like have gentle peaceful stimulation you know what i mean cuz it's like you can't churn off stimulation like there's no you're not going to be a monk on the mountaintops you know and so you got to find ways where you can get stimulation but it's gentle and it's like ease and grace you know um and working out does that going for even if it's a couple run runs around your block um like it resets your your adrenals and it resets all your whole your serotonin and your melatonin like you sleep better you wake up better um like and that's it like uh, and then just do shit that makes you happy you know what I mean? that's where the self that's where the, the self look comes from you know like what's I, I can't tell people specifics on how to be happy that's where the imagination comes in um, the message of creativity comes in. That's where the self awareness comes in, um, and and just keep, and just keep trying, never never give up. <laughs> yeah. What do you think about the idea of like feeling like once you reach some sense of like enlightenment, you think you're gonna find this happiness? And like something I've been thinking about a lot is like that's almost a facade in a way because I think you can acquire all this spiritual knowledge and quote unquote enlightenment and still not feel that happiness that you think you're going to seek. So maybe there's something about like trying to seek something too much can do the opposite effect of happiness. Does that make yeah. sense? <clears throat> yeah, it does. What What do you think? How, how would you define happiness specifically? I would see happiness as just feeling like you're kind of following your purpose and like your bliss. Like I would see happiness as feeling like you're doing something that's giving back to the world and like you're feeling like you're helping and guiding and happiness is feeling like you're in this good synergy where things are going well and just like a flow of life almost Uh to me me, I think happiness comes a lot from like purpose and feeling like you're doing something purposeful in the world so that's like how I kind of perceive it how about the success of your purpose do you think that has anything to do with your happiness I think I think unfortunately like in the material world it does because then you can be able to buy the things you need or pay your mm-hmm. rent or whatever. But I think like if we're talking about maybe the spiritual plane, I don't think so. Cause I feel like some of the happiest times in my life have been when I've been like barely working, <laughs> barely had money, you know? <laughs> yeah. 
but it's funny that this is what I did the video on earlier today that I'm not sure if I want to post. Um, I, I, I was trying to make the argument that finding happiness in the material world is a spiritual thing. Because on one hand, everyone says, like, it's all mine and we're all one and we're mirrors of each other and I'm you and you're me, you know what I mean? Yeah. This whole, like, but yeah, then yeah. they say, but then they, like, demonize the physical world. Totally. Well, time out. I thought we were all talking about as above, so below, as below, totally. so above. And all of a sudden that shit goes totally. out the window. Now it's totally. only as above and not below. So it's... Wait, okay. So talk a little bit about as above, so below, because I was talking about this in my podcast earlier too. Tell us, like, what exactly is this principle? Like, can you dive a little bit more into it? Because I think it's one of the most important ones, maybe the most important. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So as uh, the Hermetics calls it the law of correspondence, mm -hmm. the Hermetic axiom of the law of correspondence. <laughs> I need, so like, fancy. a little wink, you know? <laughs> Where's my wink, like, audio at? Um <laughs> And and yeah, it, it's 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 basically as above, so below, as below, so above, and it says that the the heavens mirror the, the earth, and the earth mirrors the heavens. Mm -hmm. um, again, to varying degree, right? It's it's all it's all it's the same thing, but to varying degree. Um, and the science calls it sort of they'll, they'll call it the holographic universe. And uh, some examples to wrap your head around are um, like the veins in a leaf look like the veins in your hand um, or if you go to a river delta where the river empties into the ocean and you look at it from the sky it does the same thing at fractals the water follows that fractaling pattern um, or they even show they have these images of the universe and the clusters of galaxies and they all form neurons so the, the universe like a section of the universe looks identical to the, the structure of the neurons in your brain um, which look like tree roots and your hands and river deltas just on a three-dimensional space instead of a two-dimensional space. Um, so that that's the fractal holographic universe in the physical. But then because it's the because the heavens match the earth, um, all dimensions of existence have to follow these seven principles. So we can look at someone's emotions. And so, like law of correspondence, it says that corresponding mean, means everything corresponds to everything else. So you can look at someone. And this is one of the things that I write in my book: is if you want, like having conversations with people, why I like to ask a lot of questions is because if you get them to to define the world, you get them to define their specific world. Mm -hmm. And like if they say, "Well, it's a dog eat dog world out there." Um, then you know exactly what that person thinks, what they're, or not exactly, but you can almost predict the future on this person. Are they going to be successful in this situation or, or that situation? Or if I ask them for help in this, what are they going to say? Or can I rely on them if the fucking zombie apocalypse comes? Like, absolutely not. If there's a doggy dog world, I'm staying the fuck away from that guy. You know what I mean? Um, do not leave me with dog eat dog, man, if the zombies come, basically. And 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 that's another aspect of it. Like, okay, you you can correspond, you can figure out what someone's view, how someone is based on their view of the world, um, which is true for them. You know what I mean? They could have been raised where they were beat as children, and they were bullied as children, and they they just got the shit kicked out of them. And and it's a tr it is objectively true that their reality has been dog eat dog. It's not that it's good or bad. Um, it could be bad for that person if they 
don't want to exist in that reality, you know, then they have to look back and go, this is my view. This is my view came from. It served its purpose. Dope. Thank you. I'm alive. All right. Now let's, let's change courses here. I don't want to do the dog eat dog. I want to do the communal thing, or I want to do less of a dog eat dog. You know what I mean? Um, and, or most importantly, we can do it on ourselves. So a lot of correspondence says, all right, now you can learn what, how you operate. What's your viewpoint on the road? Do you have a dog eat dog? Are you super positive? Are you super negative? Like, um, and and you can do that by your view on the world because you're 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 sort of painting the picture from your insides um out onto the exterior and and, and it just bounces around to everything like if you just i'm sure if you dosed some ayahuasca or were hitting the j <laughs> with the homies in a circle and you just got had fun with it you would think of a thousand ways of how things correspond you know what i mean it's it's again the sky's the limit with these laws which is why they're so dope <laughs> Yeah, it's also cool. I love how they start so simplistically. And then like you're saying, your imagination can just like run wild. Like, do you think when they were writing this, I mean, obviously, we'll never actually know the answer. Uh-huh. But I think that there was some intention behind that. They're like, let's keep this as basic and simple. And over time, people will just add their own meaning to it. Um, Verbatim, at least the Cavalian. Mm-hmm. So like, I keep referencing the Cavalian, which is like a distilled version of all the corpus hermeticum, which is like the body of hermetics, your corpus hermeticum and the Gnostics and alchemy, like the teachings of Leonardo and Isaac Newton and all those dudes were on that alchemy tip. Um, and the Kabbalion was written in 1909 or something like that. And it's basically, it, it distilled those seven laws from all that material. Um, and it was written by the quote unquote three initiates. They don't actually give their name to who wrote it interestingly enough you think they'd want to take credit for something like that anywho um they say they're super anti-religion and they wanted to keep it their hermetic quote-unquote philosophy because there's no because philosophy tends to aim for truth mm-hmm. and it it tends to to criticize dogma, even though philosophers are notorious for like being locked into like my way is the highway, um, <laughs> but like but we're human, you know? Like how can we? How can yeah, we yeah. not? I have time yeah, to yeah. been like, no, you son of a bitch. <laughs> I know. I'm <laughs> hermetics. <laughs> I'm so like that. I get so in my ideas, and then I'm like, fuck. <laughs> Should, I, mean, I need to take it, a step back. <laughs> it's good though. It's good because I mean, yeah. I, I mean, you have to stand for something, or else you'll you fall do. for everything, right? You have to stand. Nice. You have to. Have- Right, you have to have some beliefs. Yeah, yeah. A T-shirt or something. I think I'll I'll make it on my wall. (laughs) (laughs) But I think that's the thing too. Is like the thing I love about philosophy, and it is a philosophy, right? It's like it's like a hermetic philosophy. And what I love about philosophy is it is that seeking of truth. And I think a lot of times in spirituality, people can get lost in forgetting that there are truths right? Where they get so lost in it that it's like forgetting there's these basic principles of truth that do exist. And we can't just transcend truth. We can't get so into these higher dimensions that like basic laws and principles of the human existence don't still exist, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, um, it's easy to get real, to get lost in the sauce. These yeah, I, it happens so often. <laughs> <laughs> like you were saying earlier with the freaking YouTube titles coming down a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. I think it's like when you have something that's a philosophy, that's way easier to kind of work with than having these ideas that aren't so much based in reality or truth. 
And I think what I love about your channel is like, I just always get the vibe that you're seeking truth, right? You're trying to find some truth or some resonance with people, not trying to be above people, not trying to be the spiritual leader who knows everything, not trying to be a guru. You're really just trying to be like a person who has some wisdom and some knowledge, right? Yeah. You know, see, it's great. When you're asking me earlier, if I would call myself a teacher, that's, that's kind of why, partly why I hesitate, I think, is Mm -hmm. because I like, I, I know enough to know that I've been wrong on almost everything I've thought thus far. <laughs> and, and so for me to be like, I'm Damn. a guru, I'm like, I wouldn't go that far, dude, because I've been wrong an awfully lot of my life. But I'm not trying, like, I want to be a guru. Like, I want to be the teacher of all teachers and be able to have that accolade, you know? Like, that's my right. goal. That right. That's the direction I'm headed in. Um, but like I said, it's so hard. It's so, I, I'll watch people out there in the world doing what I'm doing, and I'm like, well said you know what i mean like that's what i've been meaning to say but you did it a lot better than i did you know so it's hard to just be like to call myself to give myself those titles um, but, a, but a teacher doesn't have to be perfect in their teaching no yeah they just have to be someone not. you almost have to see it as someone who's just like a couple steps ahead of like the person behind you right so in order to teach something you just have to have a little bit more knowledge than the person who's behind you you don't have to be uh-huh. this all all-knowing person <laughs> right i'm <laughs> <laughs> Reminded me of the genie from Aladdin. Um, <laughs> there's a there's a saying from Hermetics that says, "We are masters of the lower plane. We will always be masters of the lower planes, but we will always serve those on the higher." Ooh. And yeah, and I was like, love I love that too. I was listening to listen to this lady on youtube that's found recently that she goes by the alchemist um anywho she was talking about how humans are still caught up in worship even new age mm-hmm. they've just gone from god to gaia mother earth or the sun or thoth or what are the name of them? all your countless gods and goddesses throughout the ages and that's that still shows that humans are looking the, the humans still don't see themselves as gods. And then I was thinking yeah. of that that quote. Um, and, and to continue, she said, it's almost criticized now to call yourself or, or, or to assume that you don't need God. It's, it's blasphemy and religion and it's egotistical and spirituality and then everything in between. But like I what I wanted to be like, well, I want to raise my hand in the classroom and be like, but wait, this thing in hermetics <laughs> and it was that it was like, you can do both like you, cause we will always serve the higher planes, but, right. but we will be masters to those below. So it's, you're always, there's always a balance, but it's like, all right, I want to be a little higher now because I'm, you mm-hmm. don't transcend law, you rise above it. So that's, that's the teachings. It's like, you can't escape the pendulum, but you can rise above it. And there's another pendulum up there. And then you rise above that one. And there's another pendulum up there. And it's like, all right, you're still experiencing the same things, but to varying degree, which is polarity. It's like you can't escape law necessarily. It's just it has um, an infinite amount of, of forms all the way up back to source or to whatever you want to call that. So maybe it's almost like mastering the self. Like it's not like you're trying to become a god or become on the same plane as god you're just really trying to master yourself through these principles you're, you're trying to you're trying to master everything really mm-hmm. i I, w- I would say that's the goal of 
anything alive, period. Even trees are trying to master their surroundings. They have deeper roots. They make associations with fungi so that they can get more nutrients from the soil. And they have, they've evolved into attracting birds and insects into pollinating so they can produce more. Like everything is trying to master existence. Um, and, and that's what these laws do. It's like you're, you're trying to become a master of, of everything around you, at least on the, on the level, the dimension that you're existing on. Um, and that's not egotistical. It's not, it just is what, like, what else are you going to do? Are, are you going to go backwards? <laughs> are you going to be a servant to everything? Are you, are you going to devolve? Like you can't stay still, you know, what the law of vibration says, the stillness doesn't exist. You're either growing, or you're dying. Like, you, you can only go in one direction, you know? Um, yeah, I'm not sure how we, how'd we get on that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> It needed to be said. And yeah, it, did, it, it needed did. to be said. <laughs> I think it's interesting too, like that idea of constantly evolving because it's true. It's like you're going to get to one place, even in spirituality, you're going to learn something, master it, get bored of it, and move on. You know, similarly to YouTube, you're going to do something on YouTube, master it, get bored of it, and want to try some new content. Right. And so I think everything in life is like you get to one space where you learn something and you get to the end of the cycle of needing that knowledge. And then it's like you have to up level and up level and up level. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting too is like, do you think that's almost kind of like what your book was too? You're like, oh, I'm trying to kind of like up level these principles. Level up, oh, for <laughs> yeah, sure, yeah, level up, yeah, level for up the sure. principles. <laughs> Would you ever write? Like, hey, can, can I give it a shot? Is that Kuthos? <laughs> can I Hermes? Yeah. Can I go ahead and give it a? I'm gonna write this book. Let me know how I do. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> I'll okay. Sign you a copy. <laughs> send it to them in the heavens. I'll send it. There you go. Light one on fire in the back and. <laughs> I have to ask, do you ever feel like you connected with those sort of like people? Like, do you feel like they ever came to you in dreams or did you have any sort of spiritual connection to them? Uh, no, no, nothing that other than making my audiobook of the Emerald Tablets, which I guess was a pretty powerful uh, thing that I did was super dope. Wait, um, can you talk? Can you talk about that a little bit? I. I recorded an audiobook of the Emerald. So the Emerald Tablets is part of the Hermetic Corpus, and it is quote unquote written by Thoth the Atlantean um, on these indestructible green tablets. Mm-hmm. And um, on these tablets, it's just a whole bunch of sorcery and witchcraft. It's basically the the polar opposite concerning woo woo from the Kabbalion. The Kabbalion is like correspondence as above, so below, and and the Emerald Tablets would have like a paragraph of some wild sorcery shit saying the same thing. So the Emerald, I made a, a audiobook of the Emerald Tablets for my YouTube channel, and um, it was man, it was just so much fun because I was I I had to read it out loud, and then I probably listened to it twenty times when I was doing the editing, and then I put the music in, um, and then I chopped it up. So it was just like I don't know, there's something about that text, the Emerald Tablet text, where you read it, and it's just like. You can read that thing a hundred times and you'll find a hundred gems, not like tiny things, but like a hundred gems. And um, that was probably the biggest tie. Like I didn't have, I didn't ever had dreams about God's rest. And I dream a lot too. Mm-hmm. No, I haven't. Interesting. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. We're gonna start I'm down dreams. for it. <laughs> yeah, we're like, we welcome the dreams. Oh I want to talk to you a little bit about dreams, actually, because we were talking before this about your blue lotus and going into dream work a little bit. Do you feel like there's a lot of healing that can be found through dreams or how do you sort of see your own dreams? Yeah, there, there's there's a lot of healing that can be done through dreams. Mm -hmm. I've, I think that, see, the tricky thing is if you're dreaming about it, if, if it's a fix you need to make and it's sort of one of those dreams where like, all right, I'm addressing a problem. The reason why you're dreaming about it is because you have tucked that bitch so far down inside of you that you forget it's there. And it's like a way for your subconscious mind to be like, yo, you need to deal with this. And so it's like, on one hand, dope, I got the message and like, I have a starting point, but <laughs> it's going to be really hard because the reason why it's in your dreams in the first place is because it's tucked. So like, it's, it's like damned if you do, it's like, uh, what, what does the hermetics say? It's, they say it's best not to start, but once you start, like you better finish. That's how it's listed. And that's how the dream world works. It's like, all right, you got the message, but it's. Have fun. <laughs> yeah, good luck with that. Have fun. <laughs> yeah, it's like you have to unravel like the depths of your subconscious. And it's scary. It like it, it's or or it's just like insurmountable. There's some things where I'll dream about. I'm like, how do I how do I fix that? Like I don't even if there's just one reoccurring dream. I swear to God, I thought I fixed it. So the reoccurring so I, I told you I played baseball in college. Mm -hmm. Um I always I, to this day, at least two, three times a month for the past, I don't know, thir 12, 13 years. Um, it's a dream where I'm playing baseball and in some shape or another, I'm unprepared. Uh, like my, my cleats don't fit or I can't get them on fast enough and I'm up to bat or my catch, my catching glove keeps falling off or just, or I'm late to the game. I had one last night, uh, last night where I was late to my game. Um, but this one time, I thought I overcame it. This was a few years back, and I had the dream. In this particular one, my jersey was dirty, and I was trying to wash it in these washing machines. But there was there was like washing machines on the ceiling facing down, and I couldn't figure out how to get the coin in, into the slot to wash, to wash <laughs> my jersey. And I, I, I and I saw so I was carrying my wet clothes. They were heavy, and the water was dripping onto the floors. Walking to my game. And like my jersey was in my hands and I was walking in the middle of a highway and cars are zooming by me and the wind is blowing against me. It's oh, just no. like classic, like everything classic. stacked against like classic. And I looked at my jersey and I was just like, I was like, I was like, fuck. And I just dropped, I just dropped all my gear. I just dropped all my gear and it hit. The, and as soon as I dropped it, the whole dream was like, was that gray melancholy and it just turned vibrant. The cars were gone. I was still on the street, but the cars were gone. It was blue and the grass was green and the sun was bright and yellow. And there was like birds flying. I started walking down the sidewalk and there was kids playing in this park. And one of them was in a sandbox and he was water bending, like avatar water bending. He was water bending this water in the sandbox. And I'm like, what is this so dope? <laughs> and I go to this jungle gym at my elementary school. And I'm playing on the jungle gym. I'm lucid. I forgot to mention when I drop the clothes, I become lucid. Like I'm having a lucid dream. I go inside the jungle gym at my elementary school and Einstein runs out of the bathroom. 
a, a comical cartoon version of Einstein runs out of the bathroom and he's looking at me with a handout like he's just made a scientific discovery. And he's like, he's like, Keith, and he's running towards me in his white lab coat. And then I wake up like I, 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 I flash awake. I never got the message. Oh, wait, that's kind of um, dope. Maybe it means you're meant to like invent something. Oh, you think so? Nice. I don't know. He's I like some it. invention. <laughs> yeah, some invention's coming forward. I do have I... some things in the works, so maybe, oh. maybe you're right. <laughs> See, there you go. That's honestly really sick. I would love to have a dream about Einstein. <laughs> it, was, it was pretty dope. You like Einstein? Nice. Yeah, of did. course. <laughs> he's Come on, he's the classic mixing the spiritual with the scientific. And he the goes world. deep, huh? I didn't realize yeah, that until late in yeah. the game. Yeah, I feel like people don't realize that there's a lot of sort of metaphysical stuff going on in his world. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think he even references Tesla a handful of times, doesn't he? He does, yeah. He was deep. I feel like he had to have like low-key been into the esoteric. Like he was into some shit. Right. (laughs) Or Illuminati. One. I mean, the dude invented the atomic bomb, didn't he? Wasn't he working on the Manhattan Project for the atom bomb? I think so, yeah. He was into a lot of shit. I'm like, yo, Einstein, you need to chill, man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Reel it in a little bit. Really? Yeah, really. Reel it in. in. So for you, I want to ask too, because like, I feel like you do have a very, like, probably, correct me if I'm wrong, but a logical sort of side to you as well. And do you feel like when you got into spirituality and found out about all this stuff, was there a part of your mind that was like, whoa, is this real? Can I really trust this? Or oh, it did still you... is daily. Yeah, yeah 100%. 100%. Right. And then I, I sort of lean into that now. Mm-hmm. Maybe too much because it's almost my brand slash niche, at least on my YouTube channel. I mean, I'm that way by nature, but I think I've been leaning into it a little too much, like to my own detriment. Have I been leaning into that these past couple of years? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, certainly, <laughs> certainly. Yeah, it's almost like being like a spiritual skeptic is how I see it. Yeah, yeah. It's just I I, I don't know. I there's a lot of people out there that you can tell they're just saying they're making the titles and thumbnails they need to make and the descriptions and the bullet points that they need to make. Um, and it's like, like, I want to be, I want to be convinced. Like, I don't want shit to be lukewarm. You know what I mean? So it's like, do you believe it or not? Like, do you, do you have personal experiences where you can, where I feel that you're being truthful you know, or not? You know what I mean? So it's like, I don't know. I'm just tired of like, like bullshit. <laughs> I want, I I want some real. I want something I can sink my teeth into. You know, there's so much that you can prove that's magical, and there's so much out there that's like verifiable and it's magical. You know, like let's lean into that. You know, let's lean into that. Yeah, like finding the truth within spirituality. Like you have to sift through so much bullshit. Mm-hmm. Like there's like all the star seed. I'm not saying I don't believe that maybe there's something about star seeds maybe there's some truth in it but it's there hard is for, for sure yeah yeah, right? yeah yeah like there's truth in it but it's also hard for me to feel like that has much merit or value in our daily life to be talking all day about star seeds See, right it's, that's that and that's it. i think the value part is like mm-hmm. I'll, I'll eat up hard some star seed content from like a really <laughs> good star seed content creator. <laughs> at a certain point i'm like how is this benefiting me like <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> dope yeah. but now what you know what i mean okay yeah um, and i think that's what comes back to the hermetics right is like there's all these applications for it and you just can't deny the truth in it yeah amen what do you think too if you were going to kind of say what would be your last sort of 
finishing statement about hermetics like what would you say is the power in it for people because not everyone knows about it you'd be surprised a lot of people haven't read hermetics a lot of people don't know about the kybalion what would you say is so powerful about it um that that we haven't already stated (laughs) (laughs) something to finish it off um well I'll say for at least if I was if I were speaking to myself, um, mm-hmm. like back in the day, I would say I would say Keith, um, it's it's fun to it's fun to get heady and to get super woo woo and to and to push the limits of like what's believable and what's real and like what's magical, um, but at a, but at a certain point you're gonna you're gonna need your anchor from which to operate on, from like having good relationship with your friends and your parents and your coworkers or the band you're trying to put together or your content creator, like you, you're going to have to have a home base. Um, it's simple. It's, it's, it's easy to to comprehend and to wrap your head around. Um, you can get the gist of it in half a day. Um, so like, so, so do it <laughs> at, at least give it a shot because a, a lot of stuff is based, has a heavy religious base to it and 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 with religion it's like everyone's got their own take on it and their own interpretation on it and their and their own like swing and specifically the hermetics were designed as a philosophy to not get caught up in dogma and to not get caught up in a thousand different versions of the truth which which gets confusing you know what i mean like i get Everyone's truth is valid, you know. That's that one side of the spectrum, you know, the the, the pure potential. But at, at a certain point, you need to balance it. You need to you need to anchor in the etheric, tether the etheric to the reality that you're in. And the Hermetics does that with flying colors. And not only that, but we're talking all the greatest minds of history were all into Hermetics, like from ancient Chem to like shamans in the New World to Africans and the Old World and like the Renaissance era was loaded with hermetics, Da Vinci, like all, oh, oh man, it's just, it's a, it's a treasure vault, a gold mine of, of information that all the greats use. So give, give it a shot. Yeah. I like when you said anchor, cause it's like, you need something. Anytime you're diving into the spiritual world, you really need something to anchor you and keep you grounded in the physical plane or else you're going to really get lost in a lot of sort of crazy stuff. And I also just another question came to me is, can you think of like a certain time when really you like had to go back to the hermetics where like something was going on in your life? And mm. that was like, you're like, oh, this I need to get back to those principles. Now. <laughs> <laughs> you're like today. <laughs> like, oh, right. What time is it? Like, <laughs> yeah, I know really because specifically when you asked me earlier about about happiness and how I was try, try, trying to explain that the way you reach happiness is going to shift with the circumstances of your life. Mm-hmm. And my having a child is a massive shift in circumstance. And I, I haven't consciously been like, okay, I'm going to use law of vibration today to get over my existential crisis for the moment. Not, not that specific, but mm-hmm. um, the, the way I like to describe a- any spiritual practice as long, you know, I mean, as long as you're, you're doing well with it, it's kind of like, it's kind of like going to war. 
like you, you you're in boot camp and you you're up at 6 a.m and your <laughs> fucking bed's made and if your boots aren't shiny you're running three miles and you're getting yelled at and you're hardcore discipline and your gun is shiny and like you just you're getting drilled to death right day in day out you're just you're just a machine and that's that was my life in santa barbara like doing yoga on the beach, meditating at five, meditating at sunrise. And like I wrote my book, you know, I, I was do heavy in my my YouTube teachings, spiritual teachings. Um, and then you get sent to the front line and you're in the trenches and your boots aren't clean every day. You're like you, you're your toes are rotting because you have trench foot. You know what I mean? And you're missing an ear because a shell went off and like you're shell shocked. So you can't think straight and like you you when you're in the trenches, you don't, you, you can't have your routine, your happiness routine. You sort of pray that you'd put in your work and training so that when you did get sent to the trenches, you're, you're ready for it. And like that, mm -hmm. thank God that's where I'm at now. So even though like my meditation game is not on point, I'm not up at 5am doing fucking yoga or I'm up in the mountains every other day, watching the sunset, even though I'm not doing those things, all those practices are like in the present moment, I'm like, okay, I can make this adjustment. Like, I'm feeling anxious. What can I fix in like the next 48 hours to relieve this fucking what I'm feeling right now? And it's just like, all right, I made it to another day. And I feel like that's just where I've been at. Like, all right, just just survive another couple of weeks, another couple of months, the rest of the year. And it's like, well, slowly. And, and that's that's like, that's the rhythm that we're talking about in Hermetic. That's the swing. It's like, all right, you mastered that one. Now it's time to master this one. You'll never escape it, but hopefully, hopefully you rise above and you, and you don't get smashed by the by the hard, cold darkness of planet Earth because that shit comes too. You know what I mean? If you're not careful, that could come too. Yeah, and it doesn't help when people bypass it and pretend like the darkness doesn't exist. No, that is the that is the absolute worst yeah. side of spirituality. The love and light. I feel like I was caught up in that for a little bit, where I was like, I have to think positive. 17 seconds every morning and then you get out you get to a space where you're like holy shit i was bypassing a lot of stuff i know you I know. know we all were totally was I'd that just like a, was that just a time period like it I was like, like 2011 to 2017 18 yeah it went really long <laughs> like it went a long period of time because was... i just it was a crazy time and like i do feel like i was really happy at certain points but Same. maybe but maybe was it a false sense of I don't know. It's interesting. I mean, it's I don't think it, it's not that it it's not that that didn't work. It's right. just that it was unbalanced. It was it right. was one side of the spectrum. We're only looking right. at one. And we're avoiding the other. So it was only a matter of time before it was going to swing like, it's together. It's like a dam, you know. It, you 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 dam up a river. When it does break, it's going to wipe out a whole village of people on the other end, just because it's been dammed up for so long. I think that's what happened. <laughs> Which could also go into like the masculine feminine of just like it wasn't balanced. It was getting almost too feminine, yeah. right? And not being so much in like the physical grounded plane as well. Yeah. Well, isn't that interesting how it kind of unfolded? Because then it became it toxic masculine, you know what I mean? See, <laughs> yeah. see, see how it's sort of like yeah, pendulum ever swings, right? You can't stop the swing. So the, the alchemist is the one who, who balances the swing, who goes in, in every moment is like, what? quality of energy do i need right now and do i need a passive kind of energy which is the feminine or do i need an active kind of the energy which is the masculine and and the truth usually lies somewhere in between usually you need a little bit of both 
well applied, you know, to generate something useful and lasting. Mm. Yeah, it's kind of like the principles are also really connected to like an alchemical sort of view of the world as well, too. I think like everything also really goes back to alchemy when we're going it, into right esoteric principles. So that's kind it of is like the foundation. Yeah. It, uh, I, alchemy is hermetics. Right, right. The alchemy, like alchemy back in the day um, was they were studying the corpus hermeticum. They were like one and the same. It was just it was two different words for the same thing. So that's like when people talk alchemy deep and they don't know hermetics i'm like yo you're missing out on so much <laughs> very interesting well thank you so much keith for coming on i so appreciate yes. it and thanks for I'm having so me oh my god thanks for being here and also tell people where to find you um on youtube also your book is it on amazon where can people purchase your book as well uh, the book's on Amazon. It's called Seven Pillars, a handbook for a, a handbook for existence. And um, my YouTube is Mana Letters, and I'll pop up on Mana Letters. Some supernatural stuff will probably pop up too. That's where I got the name from. <laughs> Wait, is that is that where the name came from? It is a hundred percent. It's like was my like, all time favorite show. <laughs> Wait, was Man of Letters like meant to be like a scholar back in the day, or? Yeah, because not okay. a lot of people could read back in the day. Most of the oh. world was illiterate. So if all if you could read, they were like, oh, yes, yes, he's a, a man of letters. Of letters. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that. I like that. I know. And so, yeah. And then the show, the men of letters have the library on all the occult. It's like you Ooh. have a problem with a banshee, like you call the men of letters. You have a you have a is there like a runaway angel that's like causing chaos if you contact the men of they have all the spells and rituals to capture mm -hmm. all the demons and witches and stuff like that wow right. very, i love that that's a whole other topic i get into it's we'll, we'll, yeah we'll do that one next time we'll do that one next time <laughs> we'll get into that on part two guys <laughs> well thank you so much keith for coming on and you guys really need to check out his youtube channel he has so much wisdom to bestow and thanks again for coming on and thank you for tuning in guys and I'll be back with another episode soon.